I'm Sudhir Subramani, and I'd like to tell you about a very famous author, Sir Henry Ryder Hackett, who'd captured my imagination from a very young age and set me thinking about the complexity of life and the role that the hand of the divine plays in our lives. Let me start with a brief introduction to Sir Henry Ryder Haggard. Sir Henry Ryder Haggard is best known for his African adventure novels, notably King Solomon's Mines and She. Born in England, his parents ended his education at age 17 and placed him in the service of the Natal South African Lieutenant Governor. He returned to England in 1881 and became a barrister, although writing was his main passion. He was made a Knight Commander of the Order of the British Empire in 1919. Henry Ryder Haggard, born 1856, died 1925, assisted in the annexation of the Transvaal in South Africa as a young man, before going on to write more than 50 novels and a dozen books of non-fictional works on sociology, agriculture and religion. After a faltering start in literature, having abandoned colonial service, farming and the law. His romances, King Solomon's Mines, written in 1885, and She, written in 1887, were literary sensations. Haggard would sell more than two million copies of his rapidly produced fictions during his lifetime. In latter days, he was Rudyard Kipling's closest literary associate. What is generally not known or acknowledged, in my opinion, is his ability to pinpoint human nature with all its frailties, and that the nature of life is the final authority on the many dreams and aspirations of human beings. He was that unique combination of a philosopher and a romantic. This is seen in all its clarity in many of his books. The paragraph that I've chosen to read to you today is one such and the beauty of his style of writing and his observation of human nature is masterly. Man's cleverness is almost indefinite and stretches like an elastic band, but human nature is like an iron ring. You can go round and round it. You can polish it highly. You could even flatten it a little on one side, whereby you will make it bulge out the other, but you will never while the world endures and man is man, increase its total circumference. It is the one fixed, unchangeable thing, fixed as the stars, more enduring than the mountains, as unalterable as the way of the eternal. Human nature is God's kaleidoscope, and the little bits of coloured glass which represent our passions, hopes, fears, joys, Aspirations towards good and evil and what not are turned in his mighty hand as surely and as certainly as it turns the stars and continually fall into new patterns and combinations. But the composing elements remain the same, nor will there be one more bit of coloured glass nor one less forever and ever. Now let's analyse this beautiful piece of writing. From the beginning of time, humankind has always been the same. The same hopes and desires, and the same fears. Let's take our parents and grandparents as examples. They had their own fears, their own anxieties, their desire to do well in life, 
care for their families and give their children a good education. Has anything changed now? We're still doing the same things as our parents and grandparents did. Nothing has changed and I'm sure that you'll agree with me. All that has changed is the way that we go about it and the circumstances that prevail at the time. Let me quote a short segment from Sir Henry once again. Man's cleverness is almost indefinite and stretches like an elastic band, but human nature is like an iron ring. You can go round and round it. You can polish it highly. You can even flatten it a little on one side, whereby you'll make it bulge out the other. But you will never, while the world endures and man is man, increase its total circumference. Can you change the shape of a rubber band? You can pull it or twist it as much as you like, but it will stretch only up to a certain extent. And when you let go, it comes back to its original shape and size. No change. Imagine two gold rings, one polished to a high shine and the other completely untouched and almost a rusty brown in color. What's the difference? One is clean and polished, and the other is dirty and unpolished. But does the composition of the gold or the shape of the ring change? Certainly not. This is human nature. Prehistoric man was a hunter-gatherer. What was he hunting and gathering for? Our ancestors, in a slightly more modern time, ploughed the land and worked hard from dawn to dusk. What were they doing all this for? For food, to feed their families. Aren't we still doing the same thing today? We're still hunting and gathering. We're still plowing the land, but with modern equipment. Our forefathers fought for their liberty and killed their enemies. Aren't we still doing it? We are. Look around you. The landscape might have changed, but have we? Our intrinsic nature remains the same. This is what Sir Ryder Haggard meant when he wrote, I quote once again, but the composing elements remain the same, nor will there be one more bit of colored glass, nor one less, forever and ever. The composing elements and the colored bits of glass constitute the nature of humankind, complete with our desires and fears, accomplishments and failures. The conclusion is clear. Human nature is rigid and will remain so for eternity. I will end with a Latin phrase, Deus manus est, which means God is great. Thank you so much, everyone. I look forward to discussing Sir Ryder Haggard's quotation with you soon. Please do connect with me. Goodbye and God be with you. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Sudhir Subramani and today I've chosen another passage from the book Jess, spelt J-E-S-S, by my favourite author, Sir Henry Ryder Haggard. 
Before I proceed, I'd like to introduce you to Sir Ryder Haggard's works that had captured my imagination from a very young age. What is generally not known or acknowledged in my opinion is his ability to pinpoint human nature with all its frailties, and that life is the final authority on the many dreams and aspirations of human beings. His novels have an exciting mix of romance and adventure, combined with an insight of the emotions at play in a particular situation. He was that unique combination of a philosopher and a romantic. This is seen in all its clarity in many of his books, King Solomon's Minds and She, being among the most famous of his 58 novels. The background for most of his books is set in Africa, a continent that holds a host of mysteries and fascination for most of the world, and where I had the pleasure to spend a part of my adult life. A place where I had to unlearn a lot of things that we'd ingrained with while growing up and had to learn new lessons that helped me understand human nature and its strengths and weaknesses. The passage that I've chosen today, as I'd mentioned earlier, is from his book, Jess. The story takes place during the time of the First Boer War, fought between 1880 and 1881 in South Africa, and depicts the quintessential love triangle and the joys and sorrows arising thereof. Jess is full of beautifully written passages like this one, as well as many of the author's side comments on life and death, which denotes his highly penetrating and analytical mind, and therein lies my fascination. Day followed day, in charming monotony. For whatever gay worldlings may think, monotony is as full of charm as a dreamy summer afternoon. Happy is a country that has no history, says the voice of wisdom, and the same remark may be made with even more truth of the individual. To get up in the morning, conscious of health and strength, to pursue the common round and daily task till evening comes, and finally, to go to bed, pleasantly tired, and sleep the sleep of the just, is the true secret of happiness. Some people may think that the message in this passage only denotes a boring life, working from morning till evening, and then going home to one's family, have a meal, maybe play with the children, and go to bed. Those people are right. But let's look at it from another angle. There are many who don't have that luxury, because luxury it is. Let's face it, life has become a rat race. Jumping from one job to another, always looking for better opportunities, nothing wrong with that on the face of it, but we forget the stress that it causes, not only for ourselves, but also for our families. This in turn takes a toll on our mental and physical health. We experience fear and anxiety, which has a domino effect on others. The line, happy is the country that has no history, has more meaning than you think. History in this case refers to the burdens that we carry. Our fears and anxieties generally stem from personal experience and from the experiences of others. This works on our minds and reduces 
or even in some cases nullifies the good things that are happening to us at this very moment. You lose your sense of peace and tranquility. Fear and anxiety are both known killers. They kill slowly but surely. And unless we get over this, the chances of being happy are slowly and surely coming down. Imagine if you had no yesterday and no tomorrow. What would life be like then? You'd have no memory of what has already happened, nor would you know what is to come. You would only live for today, which at the end of the day is what life is really all about, isn't it? There is another breed of people who are constantly looking for excitement. What they forget is that excitement is short-lived, not to mention tiring at times, and has to be constantly updated. I say tiring because it is a never-ending search. Sometimes it turns into a sort of competition with your peers, a game of one-upmanship, as it were, like, look what I've done. I can tell you one thing. It's not as simple as updating your apps on Google Play Store. If you don't update your apps, you stand the risk of the app either becoming redundant or its inability to work with the latest version. The same thing happens to us, albeit in a different way. When you're unable to find something exciting, it leads to a sense of frustration. And this too takes a toll on yourself and your family. Life is simple, but not that simple. The question is, how do we get over all this? There are many who resort to being in a constantly inebriated state or consuming enormous quantities of hallucinogens or drugs, to use a more common term, trying to forget the past or trying to create some sort of excitement or a temporary utopia. This might work for a short time, but after the high comes down, they're back to their normal state. In this case, listless and depressed. The solution is the acceptance of what has happened. I won't say that this can be done just by saying abracadabra and poof, it's gone. No, not at all. Reason with it. What has happened, happened through your own mistakes or through the mistakes of others. Understand that. Learn from it. Treat it as a lesson and ensure that it doesn't happen again. When you do this, your mind is free and you will feel the burden lifted from your shoulders, literally. You will heave a sigh of relief. In short, get rid of your burden once and for all and flatly tell yourself to refuse to carry any more. Nothing is worth losing your peace and tranquility over. Happiness is all that matters during the short life of ours, so live it well. I will end by saying carpe diem, which means seize the day in Latin. My own translation is make the most of today. Thank you so much, everyone. I look forward to discussing Sir Ryder Haggard's books with you soon. Please do connect with me. Goodbye and God be with you. Thank you.